This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Had to hit you with the bomb out the gate because All-Star Weekend was fire. You already know. Now, all right, let's get the non-basketball stuff about it out of the way. So, okay, lots of women, lots, lots, you know, underrated ones, ridiculous, only ones you see in the club type of ones, celebrities. Speaking of celebrities, there was a lot of celebrities Oh man, uh, especially at the game itself. Um, let's start with the D-list ones. You had Jenna Bandy. You had uh, Desmond from RDC World. You had the kid, the kid Gooey. These are YouTubers, man. You had Gab. She's she's probably the the most low key one. You know, she's she's a Twitter star and. She works for FanDuel, I believe. Um, if you don't follow her by now, it's Gab underscore Gowdy, I think, or it's Gab Gowdy. Like, it's G-A-B-B-G-O-U-D-Y. Yeah. I saw her. Finally saw her. That was that was cool. It was kind of an awkward meetup with us with between me and her, but it was good to meet her at, um, I think she was at Rising Stars. Or maybe All Star Saturday Night. No, it was All Star Saturday Night. She was at All Star Saturday Night. Man, but on All Star, the All Star game, bruh, you had Fat Joe, Jada Kiss, Meek Mill, shoot, Mary J. Blige, looking like the number one draft pick. Man, she was bad. But every time I've seen her lately, she's been just amazing. So, also MGK and Megan Fox. Megan Fox got to be the the number two draft pick. But, yeah, just LeBron's family, Chris Paul's family, Vanessa Bryant, the NBA 75, most of them, including Michael Jordan. Everybody went crazy for Michael Jordan, which just... Prompted some all-star trolling in the Twitter comments, and I just loved it. The Cleveland fans went crazy for LeBron all weekend. They booed Steph Curry, uh, but I'll I'll get to that later. A good a good amount of applause for everyone else. They went crazy for Chris Paul all weekend. Uh, what else here? Oh my God! All right, parking. I guess parking was okay. It's just expensive. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I gotta. I, I still have to help pay for that. Uh, traffic. Oh, wow. R.J. Barrett, Barrett had 46 points versus the Heat. Jesus. That's not good for the ice tray game. That's crazy. I'm going to that game on March 22nd. But back to the, back to the All-Star weekend. Like, the traffic... The first night was the worst. That was Rising Stars. 
didn't go to the celebrity game, chose rising stars over the celebrity game. I mean, I guess you could have went to the celebrity game and then walked over to the rising stars, but they kind of overlapped. So it was hard. That was hard to do. So you, you most likely had to pick one or the other picked rising stars and that end up being the better choice. <laughs> but yeah, traffic was bad the first night, bad the second night, and then the third night, the actual All-Star game, it wasn't as bad, which was a head scratcher. And it was easier it was easier to park too. And it wasn't as many people going out after the game. At, you know, for the All-Star, the actual All-Star game on Sunday, which was another head-scratcher because, you know, all weekend, I just it's full of people doing that. So, okay, so you had the vaccine thing. Cleveland don't have a vaccine mandate, but the NBA does, and they partner with Clear, so you had to show your vaccine card before you got in, and then you had to show it when you got in, so you get a wristband, and then... You had to wear the wristband the whole weekend. I mean, I guess, man. I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense, especially if you um contract COVID or have COVID with a card and you have that wristband and you just keep coming back and they don't care. And then also, you could take the wristband off, give it to somebody else. They don't have to show a card or anything. Just like, man. And then when I try to use the Clear app, the Clear app didn't work. It didn't make sense. None of it made sense. But that's that's a little that's a little thing. I had to eat at the stadium a bunch of times because, you know, me, me and Zach were hungry at that time. You know, didn't really have time to go out. You know, Buffalo Wild Wings the whole weekend was like empty. Like we could have went there, but. You know, it is what it is. So, okay. I never heard of the Wolstein Center in Cleveland State. Had no clue it was downtown. Had no clue they had a whole campus downtown. But it's nice. And especially Wolstein Center. Wolstein Center is pretty big for mid-major school. It was perfect for hosting events. You know, I completely understand why you would you know, hold everything there. It's perfect. Uh, oh man, the concerts. Oh, Rocket Mortgage Fields, Rocket Mortgage Field House is like that. You know, the Humongatron looks amazing. But I had I had been there already. I went to the Cavs and Kings, and I was impressed with it. Then you could tell they made res- um, renovations, and it's really nice. So. It was nice being there for three straight days. Um, oh, the concerts were dope. The DJ Cali, when everyone like rag on DJ Cali, but DJ Cali just being DJ Cali. You know, I do appreciate his positivity. I always appreciate that. It, it's very inspiring and motivational. <laughs> but also these concerts. Age the crowd, definitely. Because, okay, DJ Khaled in All-Star Saturday Night, he brought out Lil Baby, Gunna, 
Ludacris, Mary J. Blige. And, <clears throat> and Little Wayne. I think Little Wayne was in the middle of that. So he brought out all them people. And you know, and, and they all performed his their song with DJ Khaled. Lil Wayne performed his We Taking Over verse, but I couldn't tell. Like, that, I mean, I guess I didn't know the words of the song as much as I thought. Because I went back and listened to it on the way back home. And I was like, because it sounded like he was offbeat. If you listen to the song, he's kind of offbeat in the actual song. So he just performed it like he did on the track. <laughs> you know, it him being offbeat with it kind of threw off the crowd, whatever. But anyway, it aged the crowd because Lil Baby and Gunna, it was mild applause for them. No one really went too crazy for Lil Baby and Gunna. And they are the hot artists now. Like, I think they're the they're the Gen Z, you know, superheroes in music. <laughs> I guess, but I love them. I love Lil Baby and Gunna, especially Lil Baby. Lil Baby is like that. But then when Ludacris came out, everyone lost their minds. When Lil Wayne came out, everyone lost their minds. Until he got into his verse. <laughs> when Mary J come out, came out, everybody lost their minds. Which also, Jennifer Hudson was, was there also at the all-star game and I was like people went crazy for her as well and then yeah oh man Ludacris got the biggest applause out of all the musical artists they love Ludacris and then at the all-star game like all the artists I, I mentioned that was courtside none of them performed MGK MGK hosted also Usher Usher you know, said something at halftime too. He didn't perform. Earth, Wind, and Fire performed. And I liked it. But the crowd was quiet. I was like, yep, this is a middle-aged crowd. <laughs> they didn't they didn't go crazy for Lil Baby and Gunna. And they were kind of quiet for Earth, Wind, and Fire. And they performed their most famous song. Shining Stars, That's that's their best song, right? It was like that. I loved it. I loved it. I was too caught up in reacting to the crowd, reacting to the crowd's non-reaction that I didn't really enjoy Earth, Wind, and Fire as much as I wanted to. Man, I spent a lot of money. I spent way too much money. This is why I wanted to go to Wizards and Caps. But I'll get to Wizards and Caps later. Um, Man, all that non- you know, basketball stuff was cool, man. I loved it. Man, it makes me want to do it again. I didn't, just like Jamaica. It's just like Jamaica. I was like, I didn't really want to go to Jamaica for real. I just wanted to support my friend. But then I go and I enjoy myself and now I'm going back next week. And the same thing with All-Star Weekend. I'm like, uh, this is too much money. I'd rather fade it and just go another time. Now I want to go when they come back to Indiana. When they go to Indiana in two years. Uh, we'll see. Indiana's a little bit further. It's about 12 hours away. It might be might be nine hours, actually. That's a little bit uh, that's a little bit tougher of a drive. So I might just fly. 
But yeah, might have to do that. Now let's get to the actual basketball. Now Rising Stars, I love how they split up the teams. I was iffy about it at first. And then in the middle of it, they did some random shooting competition, which was weird. Um, it was weird, but, you know, the Rising Stars made it competitive. I'm about to zip through the basketball part because I want to get to some other stuff. Man, basically, okay, so they split it up into four teams, did a mini tournament. Both games were close, kind of like the All-Star game. They kind of coasted at the beginning, and then once they got close to 50, that's what you needed to get out of the semifinals. That's when they start turning up and we start seeing the best basketball. The team I liked, they wore orange, sucked. But the Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs team was very fun to watch. Like, they're on terrible teams, so you don't hear about them much. That was my team. Most people wanted the team Barry to win because they had uh, Mobley and Garland, I believe. Or they just had Mobley. No, they had Mobley and Okoro. That's it. And they're the local Cleveland guys. And the local Cleveland guys, they got a lot of love. The Cleveland, the city was behind them this weekend. And I really appreciated that. But, man, I wanted that Orange team to win. And they lost because Jalen Suggs missed a free throw. I was like, come on, bro. They would have won it all. They would have won it all if they had if they had won the semifinals. They would have beat Team Barry. And um, Team Barry had, like, Cade Cunningham. And they had the the Cleveland guys. Don't remember who else they had, but that was it. That was it. That was Rising Stars was dope. They also had the G League guys who I ended up seeing on Sunday. We're going to get to Howard Basketball last because I got to talk about them. Uh, But they played right after the All-Star practice. The All-Star practice was packed even though the practice itself was a joke they just shot around and did interviews it was a joke but it was more attended it was more attended than the g league game and the hbcu game because it's just the star power it's just hard to ignore and by the way at the all-star practice we saw stephen a smith and this dude this dude is funny well, he was at the All-Star practice, but he's at the HBCU game as well. And he, this is a funny guy because <laughs> during the game, he would sit there in a stance, serious look on his face, focused. He'll only break character if someone came up to him and talked to him. he smile, laugh a little bit. If Isaiah Thomas was there, he'd dap it up with him and talk to him. He didn't talk to Stephanie Reddy at all. He, he may have said it a little bit, but he, he barely talked to her. <laughs> and then he disappeared for a little bit. And then before halftime of the HBCU game, he came back, got in that little serious stance. And then after halftime, he leave again. And then he come back, got in that serious stance. I'm like, this guy, this guy is funny, bro. Hey, yo. But the practice was whack. It was good to see all those players. It was funny to see them boo Draymond, but dude, dog, come on, bro. 
yeah, me and Zach agreed that we won't do that again. We won't do the all-star practice again because it was whack. So, skipping to Sunday, the G League game, I wanted to see the kids that were in the Rising Stars. Bochamp, Dyson Daniels. Remember these names now because you're going to hear them again. Bochamp, Dyson Daniels, Michael Foster, and the main event, the the guy who's probably going to go highest in the draft is Jaden Hardy. And Jalen Hardy, man, he has a nice crossover. He has a nice jump shot. I love how he gets to the rim. Bochamp and Hardy got hurt during the game. And I was like, oh, God. Michael Foster, they compared to Julius Randle, and I can see it. But that game, he was he was okay. He was the worst performing one in the G League showcase. And they were going against the Cleveland Charge, who only had two wins. The G League at night team with all these, you know, draft picks and, you know, wash veterans. They hadn't won a game. Their exhibition team, they only play exhibitions. They don't play a real schedule. They don't compete for G League championships. They're just a showcase team. I learned that there, too. And it's like, man, them draft picks, you could kind of see why. They're projected to be mid-round draft picks. Even Michael Foster. You can see the the jump shot. You can see the physicality. Uh, Dyson Daniels can do it all. And he he hustles. Bochamp. You know, he's kind of lean. And they're projecting him to go to the Spurs. And I can see that. At best, he can be the next Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if he can offensively. Now, defensively, I don't know. Jaden Hardy definitely has the most star potential out of the four. But Dyson Daniels, he's Australian. I would love to see him with Josh Giddy. I saw a a site projecting him to go to the Thunder. I would love to see him with with Josh Giddy. You know, who's another Australian guy who's killing it in the league. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Them guys are nice. Uh, Taco Fall. With the Cleveland Charge. And I'm like, okay, I see why they let him go from the Cavs and demoted him to, you know, permanent G League. So he didn't get up the floor very well. Offensively, he's pretty limited, even though he's like seven, whatever. It's pretty limited offensively. He has iffy, he's iffy in free throws. But the reason why he stick around, defense. He changes shots. He blocks shots. Like this guy, defensively, he can play like 10 years at least. Offensively, it's a head scratcher. But, you know, I was like, if this guy can get 20 and 10, the Cleveland charge will be better. He had 12 and 10 that game. And it was against the G League showcase team. But. The, re- the only reason Cleveland won this game is because Malik Newman went off. And at the end, you know, Malik Newman had like 30. <laughs> In the first half, he couldn't miss. But, yeah, I can see why Cleveland charged having won many games. You know. I- oh, it was good to see Jawan Evans and uh, Wes Wandu, like they're uh, Big 12 alums. 
So it was good to see them. You can see why they only have two wins. Lots of turnovers. Taco Fall, just not much of an offensive threat and not really in shape. They barely play defense. And it's like, yeah, this team isn't very good. <laughs> uh, what I see Malik Newman, if he shoots like that, he might be in the NBA soon. Uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't know if he's going to crack the Cavs, but maybe some other team. Now let's get to All-Star Saturday night. That was actually bef- before the G League game. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, what's the name? The skills challenge was weird. They split it up. I think they did. They split it up in the shooting, passing and, you know, other skills. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was strange, but, and they split up the teams into rookies. The answer to Kumpu's like. Giannis, his older brother, his younger brother, and then the Cleveland guys, which played to the fans perfectly. They rooted for them hard, and the Cleveland guys won because, of course, they did. You got to win it for the home fans. But I was rooting for the rookies. I was rooting for Giddy. I think it was Giddy, Cade Cunningham, and Scotty Barnes. Yep. I think that was the three. I might be iffy on if it, that was Kate Cunningham or not. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my team. I hated to root against the, the home team. But, I, I mean, I just had no real tie to them. So, I just I rooted for the rookies. And they made, a, they made a game of it. Like, I mean, okay, the first event worth 100 points. The second event worth 100 points. The next event worth 200 points so cleveland guys killed the first one then the rookies won the second one because no one could beat their their time um and then the third one i think the third one oh man the third the third one cleveland won i don't know if it was passing or what yeah, I forgot what it was, but, you know, the Cleveland guys won at the end, even though they had to beat the rookies. But, you know, shout out to them. The three-point contest, I knew it was going to be the best event of the night, and it didn't disappoint. I was rooting hard for Ice Trey, Ice Trey the game. Ice Trey the game. You, you know I got you know to play it. But, um... He was he was great. He did better than last time. You can tell he was determined to do better than last time. But he started off slow. I thought he was in trouble. But he came back, and he almost took the whole thing. Man. But Cat, man, like, Carl Anthony Towns couldn't miss. He could not miss. And I was like, are you serious? I had a feeling he might win. Just because him being in in the three-point contest was weird. It was weird enough to where, okay, he just might win this just because, you know, he got to prove that the big guys can can win this too. And that's what he did. Long story short. Uh, Man, Zach Levine was off. Patty Mills was off. 
Uh, Luke Kennard had a really impressive first round. Thought he was going to win it all. Even with Trey barely getting into the second round. But Carl Anthony Towns beat Trey Young and Luke Kennard. I was like, damn! Dang, man. You, you just... You just gotta say hats off. You just gotta you just gotta say hats off to him because it's just he wanted it and he took it. Props to him. The dunk contest was a joke. No one had the only impressive dunk of the night. The only really impressive dunk of the night was the last one. Obi Toppin with the whole pin the ball against the glass, slide it back and dunk it. That was the most impressive dunk of the night. Clearly, everything else. It looked good at first, but then, then you know, after all the attempts, it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I was just done. And I'm sure a lot of people felt like that. And Cole Anthony with all the, the gimmicks, like, I mean, it was cool, but it went on a little long. Like, Putting on your dad's Knicks jersey and then Tim's. It was fun, but then he couldn't get the dunk. And then he hurt his wrist. Like, oh, man. What in the world? Just just a shame. It's okay. Like, Obi Toppin, clearly the best dunker. I don't know who picked Toscano Anderson. Like, I was listening to the Draymond Green podcast on the way back home. He picked his teammate, of course. You know, he liked this story, and I guess he's seen him dunk in practice. But, nah, man. Everyone knew Obi Toppin was probably going to win, and he did. But what Draymond Green also said was he thought Carl Anthony Towns would win because he has the least motion in his jump shot, and that was a genius take because that's what ended up happening. Now skip to the All-Star game. I don't know what happened in the All-Star game when Carl Anthony Towns like miss was missing like everything. I was like, where was this in the three-point contest? I was like, if you had did that in the three-point contest, Trey Young probably would have won. I straight the game. I was like, dang it, man. But what can you do really? What can you do? It and you know happened. But, yeah, man, um, I already mentioned the performance, All-Star Weekend, the, the halftime performance. The NBA 75 was really dope. Rest in peace to all the ones we've lost, including Kobe. There was a Kobe chant. Everyone loved Kobe. A shout-out to his wife for representing. It looked like she held back a lot of emotion. You know what I'm saying? So, and they recognized the ones that passed as well, and you know, including Wes Unsold. So they've had they had wives up there, they had kids, you know, well, adult children up there, and it was just man, it was a heck of a ceremony. It seemed like the halftime was like thirty minutes, maybe forty minutes. <laughs> it seemed like it, but yeah, man, I thought I was rooting for Team Durant. You know, I hate I, I hate to root against home team again, but I just I just couldn't resist. I mean, they had Trey Young, so I was going with them. Team LeBron had, of course, LeBron and the Cleveland guys. So most of the arena was rooting for Team LeBron. 
They booed Seth Curry, of course, in the intro. They booed James Harden, which was a head scratcher. Um, they booed Draymond, of course. But, you know, when the game started, once Steph Curry made about his fourth three, I was like, he going to get 50, watch. And that's exactly what he did. He got 50. I knew he was going to go crazy because he was just feeling it. And, you know, he was turning his back after making shots. I was like, yeah, this it's, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. I uh, love the Trey Young, the John Morant, Ollie Oops. Every time Giannis came down the lane, you already knew it was going to be a, just thunder, a thunderous dunk. Team Durant, like, looked like they was going to run away with this. And then they just went cold at the end once everyone started playing seriously. They went cold. And Steph Curry went cold. But LeBron with that fadeaway with two people on him, I was like, this guy, man, this guy is unreal. But, man, I enjoyed All-Star Weekend. Still working on paying for it, unfortunately. And it's just, it was awesome. It was so much fun. Got to thank Cleveland and my friend Zach for hosting. Uh, Could get into more, but dang, it's been like 30 minutes already. (laughs) Oh, my God, so much, man. Oh, my God. Ayo. Okay, now let's get to some Howard basketball. They played Morgan State in Cleveland instead of at the Burr like they were supposed to. And, you know, Howard won. They're clearly the better team. They were a 10-point favorite. I don't know. They were a pretty big favorite by Vegas. And they only won by two. And they were down most of the game. Now, they came out firing. They were up by they were up eight to two and I think sixteen to eight if I'm not mistaken. And then like Morgan State dominated from that point to maybe halfway or maybe about thirteen minutes into the second half. Morgan State was a better team and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I was like Morgan State is not that good. Big boy number twenty, he's kinda chubby, you know, he's not you know, big, big. He's not huge, but kind of chubby. He had like 20-something points. He was killing them. Their big man was killing them. Even though he was traveling like every other play. It's just, it wasn't a lot of rebounding from Howard. It was some silly turnovers in the first half. And Steven Settle only had four points. It might have been two. He was off. Uh, Zach really liked Elijah Hawkins, and he did show up to play. But Cal Foster is the OG on that team. He's the leader. He is the best player, and he showed up, especially down the stretch, getting some key rebounds. I think the leading scorer was their center, number 20. I'm talking about rebounds, but number 20 had like 17, like 17 points. But I think he fouled out. It's just th- this game was way too close. Disappointed that Howard made it close. It would have it would have been worse if they lost, but they they got the victory. They got the victory. You know, I would tell a story about 
our parking situation for the HBCU game in the in the uh what you call that the All Star practice, but I don't know, man. I I don't want to go on too much, but it was it was hilarious. I'll just say we parked at some church and no one was there. Someone was supposed to be there because, I mean, they were charging 30 bucks or something like that. And then this man, no one was there when he was coming in. We thought we was going to leave for free. Then some guy in a car with a dog that just sprung into action for no reason came out. And this old man who was asleep, you know, got our payment. That was crazy. But anyway, back to Howard basketball. It was very concerning. You know, it's very concerning that they just didn't rebound and had a million turnovers. They pulled it out, and the game was good for TV because it was close, and it uh, informed a lot of people about HBCUs, especially in the MEAC. So you got to love it. You got to love it. But, you know, shout out to Kyle Foster. He killed it. But he really killed it. On Monday, when I left Cleveland, I went home for a little bit. Then I went straight to the burr. Got me some Chipotle. Dodged a million college students waiting in, waiting in line behind me. Escaped that rush. Then headed to the game. It was a very high-scoring game. Okay, so Howard still isn't rebounding in this game. They cleaned up the turnovers, but this time... They're not rebounding, and now they're not playing defense. See, they they played some kind of defense. Mm, Well, they weren't really playing defense against Morgan State, but Morgan State's such a poor shooting team that they got away with it. Coppin State, they came out the gate shooting like 70% from three. This guy uh, forgot his name, but... It's something African, but number 20, got this guy's name, but number 20 from Coppin State had 17 at halftime. This man barely averages double digits a game. He had 17 at halftime. It was his career high. He only had four after the first half, but he had 17 at halftime. You got to be kidding me. They was making a lot of threes, and... They had the ESPNU um, graphic set up on the big screen. They had the ESPNU feed on the big screen at the Burr. Bro, this guy, not this guy, Coppin State was like 300th in three-point shooting. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to be kidding me. 300th in three-point shooting. You have got to be kidding me. It wasn't even 300. It was like 330 something. It was ridiculous. And these guys made 17 threes. So Howard just decides to not play. So they don't rebound. That's that's a weakness. Like that's just a weakness of theirs. I'm just going to have to deal with it. They never really have a lot of size. Other than when they had Maker Maker, and even then they weren't really rebounding, so that's that's been a weakness of theirs. Then they can't stop anybody. I mean, I literally saw a guy. I think it was number two. He did this multiple times. He dribbled 
like 11, 12 seconds of the shot clock. And then he lays the ball in with basically no contest. I'm like, you have got to be. It was plays like that. And then all the threes they made. If it wasn't for Kyle Foster going completely crazy in the second half, yeah, like 20 in the second half. If it wasn't for him going completely crazy and just Elijah Hawkins being Elijah Hawkins, they were lost. Now, number 33, number 20, they didn't play as well this game. They played well in the Morgan State game, but the Howard, but the the Coppin State game, we just didn't. They just they didn't really show up. It was and Steve Settle played a little bit better against Coppin State. But these guys played no defense against Coppin State. And this is their second loss against Coppin State. So Howard's like the third best MEAC team behind, of course. I've said it on the show if you've been paying attention. The the two titans of the MEAC, Norfolk State and North Carolina Central, they're the two kings of the throne. You have to get through them to make the NCAA tournament. And, of course... No surprise, they're top two. It also helps that North Carolina A&T and FAMU are not in the league. But but still, even when they were in the league, those guys were winning most of the time, you know, lately. So you got to get past them anyway. So it is what it is. But, yeah, man, um, Howard Basketball, I, I'm so glad I went to that game. It was a blackout. And the students really showed up. Every time a song played, like a classic song, or even a current song, the students would would sing it out loud. It was like a concert. It was a party. In the bird, it was just, oh, my God. It, It felt like HBCU basketball games are underrated, are very underrated. I need to go to more Howard games. I, that's probably the last Howard game I'll go to this season because I just got too much to do. They played North Carolina Central today, and I really want to go, but I'm not going to make it. Like I, I got too much stuff to do. So, yeah, hopefully they win. It's a very important game. But, you know, we'll see. But, man, it's just... It's unbelievable. Uh, I thought they were going to sweep Baltimore. thought they was going to beat Morgan State easily and then come back and beat Coppin State. Oh, by the way, Juan Dixon is the head coach of Coppin State. He is so animated. I was like, this guy, you probably got to be in tip-top shape just to keep up with him coaching. This guy, man, this dude is loud. This dude, you know, be putting, well, no, he, you know, he don't be like fighting or punching players or anything. We put hands on players, man, this guy, man, this guy is is something else. (laughs) Yeah, he's fun to watch, coach. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. But, man, Howard basketball, very concerning. Not sure if they're going to win the MEAC. Would love for them to. You know what? Screw it. We got to bring it back. We got to bring it back. I'm just going to say it now. I've decided. 
I know my life has just been full of of self negative self talk and negativity been killing me lately but today I've decided that Howard will win the MEAC championship For real. I'm telling you. And it's because they got a lot of scoring that can overcome their weaknesses of rebounding and defense. I'm telling you, they got it. They got it. I'm telling you. They're going to get it. This is the year. Now, after that, now, they're most certainly going to go to Dayton because, you know, the people who put these brackets together just don't really like MEAC teams, RPI-wise, unless they're, like, completely dominant, like a NC Central, like a North Carolina Central this one year or a Norfolk State one year when they were a 15th seed. If they're not, if a MEAC team isn't, or a SWAC team isn't dominant, they're going to most certainly be in the playing game or in one of the playing game. And that's where Howard will be. And if they win their playing game, they will most certainly play against probably Gonzaga and Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy won't play in the second half because it'll be over. But I would love for Howard to make it that far. In the latest, you know, wave of of people going to HBCUs and heightened attention to HBCUs. You know, that can help their recruiting more than ever if they make it to the NCAA tournament. So I'm all for that because then they'll put together a team that can upset a Gonzaga because the only way they're going to upset a Gonzaga is they're going to have to shoot the lights out. And they can with Elijah Hawkins and the number 33 kid and settle and especially Cal Foster. Cal Foster can go off. But I think the the length of Gonzaga, if they make it that far, would absolutely shut down Kyle Foster. But but we'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm thinking really far ahead. They're going to have to get out of the MEAC first, and that's not going to be easy. You know, this episode went on so long that, dog, I'm just going to have to make this just the all-star episode. And then the rest of the stuff I had planned to talk about, I'll just put it in another episode. And then also, I'm coming with an episode next week when I'm in Jamaica. So, I'll save the hypothetical episode, hypothetical game of the episode for the next one, for episode 132. This is 131. I'll save the hypothetical for 132. So, quick ending. I didn't expect to go this long about All-Star Weekend, but I just, it's so much to talk. And I left stuff out. <laughs> so much to talk about. So much fun. Man. Just, just man. I'm just thankful I was able to go. And you know what, man? Let me get some organs just because. <laughs> And 
And as long as you got Jesus, you'll never lose in the game of life. Real talk. But you already know that I'm out. Peace. And go to GoatLevelTees.com for everything Goat Level. You already know. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.